So my girlfriend has kind of figured out the type of fantasy football person that I am. Oh my. Uh, I never expected it. How does she have an opinion about what kind of fantasy football person you are? Well, I, I don't know if she has an opinion on it, but she knows the kind of player that I am at this point. Um, okay. I'm intrigued. And so th- this sort of happened. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm a very, like, I talk out loud a lot. Like, when I'm thinking, I talk out loud. I, <laughs> I you know, kind of talk about my day, you know, even and talk about the things that I'm thinking about. And sometimes that's fantasy. Is it mostly mean girls? No, not just mostly mean girls, but I I had a she she was mocking me, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in the process of mocking me, she goes, "Oh, I'm a zero RB guy." <laughs> <laughs> Salutations, and welcome to the Trash Turtle Fantasy Podcast. Now, whether you've tuned in from Spotify, iTunes, maybe a tin can on a string, or maybe that guy on the bus seat across from you is broadcasting us over his speakerphone, I just want to thank you today for tuning in. And I, I just didn't expect it was just like it was so frankly uncalled for just throwing that out there um and i was so caught off guard i did not expect it at all just the in, in the most mocking way oh i'm a zero rb guy <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> she must listen I, to our podcast yeah yeah i mean really <laughs> but I mean, so I was so caught off guard. It was, it was borderline embarrassing, but it, it, it was really funny, and I, I hadn't laughed that long in a really long time. <laughs> but um, how are how are you? I'm all right. I, as uh, I'm sure our viewers can hear, I'm, I'm back this week. Had to, yeah. Had to take a week off, man. Yeah. No, that's fine. So. Uh, I, uh, it's, it can be exhausting sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the loss was so crushing. I mean, we had to call all hands on deck to get this humanitarian aid mission going. Um, it was To fix those chairs, or the tables? I mean, it wasn't just the table. I mean, that was a bad part, but I mean, it was a war zone. I mean, there were broken Labatt blue bottles everywhere. I mean, torn up Zubaz pants cast aside here. I mean, to be fair, they look like they're torn up already. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, the broken, shattered corpses of white plastic tables everywhere. The local Costco was just walled off with dented police cruisers and yellow crime scene tape. I mean, there was so much work to be done there. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm sure Buffalo really appreciates the hard work you put in. Well, I had to. I mean, I started by loading my Wegmans tote bag full of blue cheese and Frank's red hot sauce. I went to the local <laughs> bar and ordered basically the entire freezer full of wings. They, as they sat and as they finished them and shoveled them into my transformed cooler, I dumped the Franks and blue cheese in there, uh, one in, one in after another. And then along in Buffalo, I went handing out the lifeblood of the locals like flowers on a corpse. While I was unable to stay in place for too long in order to recover, in order to cover the most ground, I did see the slow rumble back to life as I emptied the cooler of wings. 
the last broken Buffalonian. So, we'll see. You, you, you're doing God's work. You know that, right? Well, just about, well, I, I like to think so. And we've also contacted all the neighboring states for special shipments of replacement tables for this upcoming Miami game. So, masses are slowly recovering and all will be well again soon. But, you know, Buffalo will be back on track. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they're going to connect, you know. It's going to come together, all right? And, and, and that's, that's a team effort, not just the team, but you going to Buffalo as a humanitarian, <laughs> helping them get through that loss. I mean, uh, it's completely underappreciated. If they win a Super Bowl, I will petition to get you a ring. Um, awesome. I'll cause, take it. Because that, that, your work contributed to that. But... Uh, so yeah, let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about you know Super Bowls, winning expectations, things of that nature. Uh-huh. And something I thought might be interesting was I would be really interested to hear that if the season ended today, what do you think about Coach of the Year? Because I think it's been an interesting race so far. Would you agree? I would say there is a lot of unexpected front runners right now for sure 100 percent. yeah i mean if we go look over at uh, the DraftKings sports book brandon staley is uh, sort of the front runner right now no one you know uh is too far ahead it's it's decently close mm-hmm. but brandon staley does have a, short, a small lead right now just ahead of cliff kingsbury sean mcveigh and zach taylor yep. um i i find that interesting i and i i'm I think a big factor of that is, and of course, maybe I just, I don't know, I just thought that the Chargers were good. So, like, my expectation was already high. Yeah. But, like, the thing with Brandon Staley specifically that I thought was kind of interesting was I almost thought that, you know, analytics Twitter loves Brandon Staley. I don't know if you know this. I had no idea. But, like... Oh, they love him. They never stop talking about how great Brandon Staley is, because if you if you heard him in post game press conferences, he's a really analytical guy. Um, he's talked about you know sort of the issues with the idea of like establishing the run and things of that nature. Okay. He's talked about predicting things like sacks because sacks are unpredictable, but he's talked about how pressures are more predictable. Um, and he's clearly an intelligent, like, student, you know, of analytics, more so than we've heard from other coaches. Okay. So I, I almost think that his, his odds are so propped up by analytics Twitter betting all this money on this guy they really like. Um, and that's why he's in first almost. <laughs> that's sort of where I'm at on that. Because he's not my first choice, if, I, if I'm being absolutely honest. Really? Because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I... He's definitely my choice. I mean, you look, just listen, just the fact alone that he turned Mike Williams into something other than just a <laughs> steel stretcher and actually is finally using him for what he's supposed to be using. Look, that just alone got my attention. And I mean, I know that Mike McCarthy's up there too. And I'm not, I've been. Oh, I don't think Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy should be. And look. Everyone, people are talking about Zach Taylor. No, thank you. I mean, maybe I'm upset with John Harbaugh mainly because I'm a Tyson Williams lover. So, like, look, kind of by also virtue of process of elimination, I kind, it kind of <laughs> leads me back to Brandon Staley. So um, that's my take. But I, I, you know what? You got me. I'm I'm listening. 
I'll do a quick two minute thing about why I think there's some other people here. Um, with John Harbaugh specifically, I'm quite impressed about how well they've adapted to the injuries that they face. Yes. The injury situation is just atrocious, right? It's not good. It, you know, they lose like three running backs or something on the year. They lost Marcus Peters. They're, you know, starting one of their starting corners. I mean, it's just terrible. Um, and they're still competing out there every single game. But I, I still won't probably put him against my kind of personal favorite right now and i understand they're not the betting favorite or anything like that but my personal favorite is actually zach taylor i still don't really love zach taylor as a coach he does some things that i'm not really a fan of and i'm not really entirely sure he's a great coach but when i think about expectations and what he's done i think he's blown them out of the water so far beating the ravens like they did Mm -hmm. I was pretty convinced, like, you know, Jamar Chase is clearly a stud. And potentially Jamar Chase is going to save Zach Taylor's job for the next few years almost. Um, But, you know, we think we're talking about the Bengals here. A lot of these teams that we're looking at, we're talking about Arizona or the Chargers, um, the Cowboys for Mike McCarthy or the Ravens. These are pretty good teams in recent years for the most part. They've all been playoff teams for the most part in recent years, or they have these really stacked rosters. The Bengals are not that. So I I give Zach Taylor a little bit of credit here, and I almost feel that he's undervalued in terms of coach of the year candidate i still like i said i really don't i'm not entirely convinced he's a great coach but he has beaten my expectations for what i thought the bengals would be this year the defense is actually kind of firing on all cylinders Mm -hmm. the offense is just going crazy right now so i I think i would i would say zach taylor is my favorite pick right now now i i will say that i appreciate that pick mainly because i i actually like cincinnati quite a bit now um the defense like you said is Absolutely a surprise, uh, a very pleasant surprise. Um, and now that we, I, I recently saw something on Twitter about the number of passing plays and a neutral game script for Cincinnati and how they basically uh, basically turned it up to just letting Joe Burrow like actually throw. Um, yeah, love it. Uh, absolutely love it. So yeah, beginning of the year, I was worried about that passing volume. Yeah. They have turned it up, and I, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm very excited. But. Um, I, I'm still going to, like, if you want me to, like, narrow down to one, I'm going with Brandon Staley. I, I think that's a perfectly fine pick. I would potentially, just because he's at plus 2,000, be half interested in Kevin Stefanski. He's another one of those guys I think is a really smart coach. And that is sort of, if they can get through this whole Baker situation going on and make it into the playoffs again, I wouldn't mind them either. Yeah. Um, kind of. I, I, I've been a big you know kevin stefanski fan i think he's a smart guy similar to like frank right another guy i think is kind of smart although questioning a little bit of that this year but that's that's neither here nor there um let's let's shift the focus from this year to next year yeah how's that sound i like it um so we're going to do a short little one round mock draft of the 2022 rookies and and this is really i wish i could say i planned this i didn't um great timing 
because of how just wild Twitter was today. I don't know if we talked about this. Did, did you hear about how silly Twitter was today? Oh, not at all. I've been having the week from hell, really, at work, so please enlighten me. Um, so it, it, it was it was a long day on Twitter of people discussing dynasty picks. Um, and I won't bore you too much of the details, but the question of if we're potentially overvaluing them or undervaluing them. I'm going to throw a trade out there. I want to hear what you think, because this is what started it all. Okay. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Allen Robinson. Oh, sorry, sorry. Donovan Peoples-Jones and a 2023 first for Allen Robinson. So Donovan Peoples-Jones and a 2023 first round pick for Allen Robinson. What do you what, what, how do you view that? Just off the top of your head. I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Oof. Um well, I actually asked the question in the Discord yesterday, what would you pay for Allen Robinson right now? And pretty much people were saying a 2022 or or a 2023 second. So, based on that, and I kind of agree right now, you know, that's and he's criminally undervalued for the talent that he is. Like, let's be real. That is absolutely without question. But, you know, all things considered and the 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 hype that the 2023 class is getting, it's the first round. I mean, I'm kind of tempted, um, you know, with OBJ being kind of hurt, Jarvis Lander being kind of hurt. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of upside there. There's a lot of upside on both on both sides. I am going to ride the middle. I'm going to say I like both sides. Okay. Um, my personal opinion is that the 2023 first was a pretty decently sized overpay. I, as you kind of said, that when discussing it with some people, they were thinking... Um, the, the Allen Robinson's probably a second round value. And when, uh, you know, this was a long conversation. I know you you didn't see a lot of it. But the, the sort of conclusion we came to is that a lot of the trades that are occurring with him are about early second value, mm -hmm. right? And so the fact that, you know, this person gave Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I don't really believe in anyway... And this first for Alan Robinson, it just felt like a pretty decently sized overpay in my mind. Yeah. But the key aspect here is, and this this is what the real controversy started up, was looking at any website, whether it's Keep Trade Cut or whatever, they would all say that he overpaid here. Um, but a key aspect here is, is the idea that nothing is going to go up in value like first round picks are, right? And there's sort of a misunderstanding of whether you actually have to take a rookie with that pick because you can trade that pick when it gets valuable, right? Exactly. That's something that people sometimes forget, right? They may not understand that aspect of, oh, well, you know, what if I got, you know, what if I use my 101 on Clyde Edwards-Alaire? And it's like, well, what if you traded that 101 for somebody else that was really good instead because that 101 was really valuable? Yeah, like, like, um, like you traded back and got Justin jefferson or something like that exactly yeah. and it, so there's sort of a, a bit of a misunderstanding that this idea that rookie picks should their value should be tied to the rookie when in reality their value is tied to the fact that you can still trade them yes um and so th this was a highly controversial thing and so 
ironically enough, this works out really well with what we want to do today, and that's drafting the 2022 class, because this also brought up an argument of the two draft classes, the 2022 and the 2023 class, is, you know, where are we at with these? And I'm of the opinion the 2022 class is pretty good. I made you watch a little bit of film this week. As a general idea, where do you think you are with the 2022 class based on what you saw this week? So I, I think I still like the 2023 class better, but I've warmed up quite a bit to the 2022 class. I think that there's a couple of standout names and a, a couple of um, very promising picks. Um, they're going to be very interesting. I liken them to more, they're a little bit more dart throws in my mind. I think they have some really great upside. I think there are some picks here that have a lot of promise, How, but you're not going to see like, you don't have a Jamar Chase, right? You don't have a Trevor Lawrence, right? So you are issuing the guaranteed transcendent players and you are just left with dart throws but that still there's some deep there's some very good dart throws in my opinion um do you i have them a little above dart throws i'll say they you know as sort of you, you said no transcendent reminds me of dfb encounter his tears go transcendent bulletproof then coin flip right I probably have some guys that would fall into that bulletproof tier. Nothing in the transcendent, of course. I think everyone agrees there. But I do think that they're a little higher than dark throws, personally. So, I, yeah, okay. I didn't mean to say that they're all coins. We'll just use his rankings for the sake of it. But, but uh, yeah, no, I think some of these guys would be bulletproof. Um, so, you know, without further ado, let's just let's just jump in. Um, Let, let's flip a coin to see who goes first. Here. Okay, go ahead. Um Let's explain real quick. These are assuming super flex, and we're just going to be essentially drafting based off of who we think are the best picks. We're not. There's no team needs here. So I can. Uh, I'm going to flip a coin here. I have it up on Google here. Uh, heads or tails, and if you get it right, you get to go heads, first. Heads always heads. Always heads. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. And it was tails. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. <laughs> Um, and with the one, the first overall pick, I'm, this is a little bit out there. It's a bit of a high upside pick. Uh, traditionally I'd pick a different player here, but I really, I'm going to go with the super flex value. And I really like this player. I think he's got the highest upside in the class at this position. I'm going to go Matt Corral. Yeah. Uh, out of Ole Miss. Yep. Uh, the rushing upside that he provides is something that I, I think is unmatched by every other quarterback in this class other than, uh, uh, maybe Malik Willis, of course. Um, but I've, I've been watching a little bit of Old Miss. I'm not a film guy, but I, I like Matt Corral. So that's my pick. Super, super hard to really know what you're looking at with college film. It takes a really different kind of eye to really know what you're looking at for a college film. But uh, totally agree. Old Miss, uh, really kind of a um, a surprise a little bit. He's He's got improved accuracy. Dude's a gunslinger. He's got, Like you said, he's got the rushing upside. And he is also, if I were to have the 101, he's also my 101. Uh, so moving on from there, 102, I am going to go with Malik Willis because, again, we all know that rushing quarterbacks are cheat codes, um, and he has just rocketed up the, the charts in terms of what we're looking at for co good quarterback play, good dynasty play right now, and also gunslinger just, you know, we have, we're having Matt Corral edge him out a little bit here. 
Now, uh, do you, would you say that like Malik Willis is sort of the Trey Lance of this class in the sense of the upside is clearly there with the rushing and quarterback play, but maybe we just don't have that large field of work to reference? I I would say that that's pretty accurate. Um, you know, again, and this and they, what you're touching on here is exactly what I was trying to. Uh, get through when I said that they're quote unquote dart throws, not really dart throws. Right. But there's just, there's just not enough for me to like sit well in my gut. Right. Like it's a little bit uneasy, but I still like have a good feeling that it will work out long-term. And I think this is a good example. Awesome. All right. And with the uh, 103 pick, I'm going to go with my number one wide receiver in the class right now. I had uh, David Bell here for a long time. There was a lot of there's a lot of questions right now in terms of his projected draft capital. I'm not a huge fan of like thinking about that for maybe this experiment, but uh, I've been kind of convinced that maybe I was a little bit too low on this player in general anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Drake London out of USC wide receiver. Um, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen in terms of, you know, just the targets he's demanded and sort of the work that he's put in. Yeah, he's basically... What are your thoughts? He's basically, um, he's basically USC's entire offense. <laughs> That's what I've seen. Yeah, he, he sort of is the only part of their offense. Yeah, um, um, good, good, good pick. I like the pick. Okay. Um, I... I think it's arguable that he would be the first wide receiver off the board. I'm going to actually pivot. I'm going to go with, uh, for 104, I'm going with Isaiah Spiller here. Um, I think no, I I don't think there's any, hmm, you could probably contest it a little bit. First running back, probably going to come off the board most of these rookie drafts, in my opinion. Dude's super shifty, got great jump cuts. Um, he can catch uh, he's okay at catching uh, f- passes out of the backfield. Um, just is going to be the complete package that he's quick. Uh, he's agile and fast, and I do mean them as separate things. Um, oh yeah. So that's my pick. Uh, I don't mind that pick. I do. I do agree that he's probably going to end up being the the sort of running back one off the board in most of these drafts. He's got a large body of work, and he's sort of shown that he can be a consistent producer. His receiving upside, along with every running back in this class, in my opinion, is a little bit lacking. But he is probably going to end up being the best uh, receiving back of the top three that I've seen so far. And uh, speaking of receiving, uh, of course, I'm going another wide receiver. I'm going to go with my current wide receiver, too, in the class. Someone that just, I mean, moves in a way that should just doesn't, like, look possible, breaks physics. Um, I'm going to go with Trelon Burks. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've seen this guy before, but just watching him... It, it, it just it doesn't look like someone his size should be able to do what he does. What do you think? Yeah, uh, can't disagree. Uh, my concern is, you know, is he is the QB play holding him back a little bit here? And potentially, yeah. and it, and I mean, if that's the case, like, what can we actually see with you know a good QB? So, you know, I like your I like your attributing more upside of what we're already seeing. So, you know, good good pick, absolutely. One thing I'm going to insert real quick on Trelon 
Burks, and this is going to be an interesting debate amongst the analytics community. And I'm, I'm going to keep this short because it's a bit of a tangent. It's, it could be talked about in a lot more detail. But Trelon Burks is going to be an interesting debate on experience-adjusted uh, production versus age-adjusted production because Trelon Burks is a bit older if you just look at his age, but he actually stepped foot on campus just at an older age. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. He just stepped foot on campus as a true freshman, just a bit older. And so there's going to be a bit of a debate on experience-adjusted um, production versus age-adjusted production. I, I generally opt towards it's experience-adjusted. And, we, and we've talked um, about this on previous episodes as well. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, we could, we could spend forever on that. So, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, no, but still a very interesting conversation there. Um I am going to go with David Bell here at the 106. Um, can you know easily one of the most likable uh, picks. He's just fun to watch. He's the contested catch wizard. Uh, just a fun guy. Uh, great upside. I mean, especially on a team in need of uh, of a team. I mean, what what would you who would you liken him to in the NFL? Someone like what, like Mike Evans or something? Uh, I, w- I would liken David Bell with the size and everything. I would go Keenan Allen. He's he's not a fast guy, but I love the contested catch ability. But I'd add to that contested catch ability that his route running is probably one- going to end up being one of the best in the class, uh, in my opinion, at least. And so when you add that route running with the fact that he's not exactly the fastest guy, just those two things just scream Keenan Allen yep. to me. Sounds sounds like it. Did he also used to play like cornerback or defensive back? I'm not sure, actually. I'm not actually sure. That would be cool that's if he good, did. That's a good question. Um, okay, what's your 107? Uh, I'm going to go with sort of what was a sort of – a little more hyped in the preseason and everything like that. And maybe is sort of underwhelmed a little bit, but uh, I do think he's great value here in sort of the, the upside is there. He doesn't maybe have the rushing upside that I look for, but I'm going to go with Sam Howell out of USC. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I mean, I, I really feel like at seven here, it seems like a no brainer to get this guy who really hasn't maybe done anything wrong since we had him, you know, much higher, but just maybe hasn't wowed us but i I don't think i'm gonna knock him for that at this point it feels like a good pick at seven what what are your thoughts on sam i think he's the next drew lock i don't like him at all oh no he's got okay (laughs) well he's from us he's from unc so you have to say mitch trubisky oh okay (laughs) well i think mitch trubisky is more fun to watch than this guy he's got a good quick release decent arm strength he's okay at reading defenses but i mean his progressions are not good, bad short accuracy, and look. Let's let's face it. I mean, every single playmaker around him leaves, and suddenly he's terrible. Now, is that is that his fault, or is that the the you know is that actually the symptom of the fact that he just doesn't have any offensive weapons? I don't know. He's also kind of slow. So I mean, he ran what a, his best forty was a four nine nine or something like that, right? So. Um, I mean, that's what a lineman's time. So, um, not quite, I guess, but, but yeah, I, I don't I know. Do, don't like him. Don't like him. 
I, I do potentially worry because a lot, one thing I'm noticing with a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, other than Malik Willis, is that a lot of them have done exceptionally awful under pressure. Some of the worst, I think I've seen, some of the worst uh, pressured grades that I've seen in years yeah. um, from quarterbacks that they, I don't think they're spoiled because we're not talking about like an Alabama offensive line here at some of these schools, mm -hmm. but there's definitely some questionable pressured grades for sure. Um, so, so who's your pick now? Though? 108, I'm taking Brees Hall. Uh, Matt Campbell coached him, uh, also has coached other great RBs we know, uh, such as Kareem Hunt and uh, David Montgomery. Uh, he's elusive, able to break tackles, very strong guy. Uh, good press, pe uh, good pass protection grade, and he's a bigger guy. So, um, you know, having someone back there that can kind of do it all would, would be good. I mean, if you're going to pass, bro, you know you're going to be in in the backfield and then, you know, volume is king. So I like it, especially if I'm getting them in the late first, that's good value. I like that. No, I, I don't mind that pick too much. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take another wide receiver here. I'm going to go ahead and take Garrett Wilson yep. out of uh, Ohio state. Uh, feels like a decent pick here. Um, a lot of people maybe have Olave before Wilson. I, I definitely don't. Olave, in my opinion, should have went to, to the NFL last year, and he didn't, yep. so that's a little concerning to me that he didn't. Uh, just Garrett Wilson, another one of those guys, moment they stepped on campus, kind of uh, has done pretty well. He's, I know some people maybe don't buy into that sort of breakout age sort of stuff, but, uh, you know, he, he kind of uh, did okay there. Not the best, not the worst, but, you know, we're talking about fourth wide receiver off the board, so I don't mind that too much. Yep. I, li I like the pick. Uh, just reportedly a little bit of a drop issue. I guess he's dropping passes uh, at least once a game. So be interesting to see if he, he or even Chris Olave go to um, Chicago next year. So what what I'll add is I, I believe he has one of the highest grades versus man coverage. Oh, that's good. And that is something that I thought was very interesting. I think that's very valuable. Um, that can, so I'm curious. That can be good. But that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of defenses out there that love zone. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm interested to see. He's he's one of my he, he's got an asterisk next to his name for me. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on him. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I'm going to actually pivot back to, you know, I, I like to be balanced. Um, okay. I'm going to go with Jahan Dotson here. I think he's got some good upside. He's he's a very interesting prospect. He's got, you know, already, uh, are in 2020, 52 catches, 884 yards, eight touchdowns, you know, nothing like, out, nothing amazing, but get him on a team like on Green Bay um, opposite Devontae Adams. I think we've got a lot of upside there. So, you know, he's going to be going in later rounds, you know, maybe even day two kind of thing. Um, and, you know, if he's going to one of those high-octane offenses, I think he could be a really good wide receiver too. And, you know, especially if you're getting him late in the first, early second, then you're going to, you know, have some good upside there. No, I, I that's a very interesting one. I Not, not one that I was – uh thinking about but i i don't i don't mind that one uh i am going to go ahead and take what what are we on pick 10 here yeah. um i'm gonna go a little off oh, board here 11. i oh, oh this is 11 yep. oh, oh um 
Hmm. I'm stuck between about three options here. And, and I'll just tell you what they are. I'm stuck between Justin Ross, uh, uh, Garrett, uh, sorry, Justin Ross, George Pickens, and um, Jalen Weidemeyer. Um, and I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Weidemeyer, maybe, maybe just in solidarity with you to say we'll go a little balanced. Um, <laughs> I, I like his receiving upside. I, I, I'm very interested. Yeah, huge, in huge dude. I'm curious on what his bars are going to be. <laughs> for sure for sure okay i'm sure we'll see those <laughs> i think he's i think he's easily the only interesting tight end um this season um i think the the next one that walters uh came up with at their their prospects is out of ohio state not to be confused with, i'm sorry not ohio iowa state not to be confused oh, apparently okay. with iowa uh, which is where all the good <laughs> tight ends come from so yes um, don't 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 get bait and switch there. Um, so I'll I'll uh, I'll finish it off here with a kind of a, a little bit more of a dart throw. I keep saying dart throw. Um, and, yeah, and, and, it, it's so tough. <laughs> and I think I think it I think it's true here. Um, Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pitt, um, he's being likened to Joe Burrow, surprise breakout candidate, possible sleeper. He's probably looking at going like day two, day three in the draft, which means you can maybe get him late first, you know, in second. I mean, we're talking super, super flex here anyway, right? So mm-hmm. high upside guy, especially depending on where he's going. Um, he may not be a starter, but that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Like all of our favorite QBs who are not necessarily starters now. So, you know. In my mind, I, again, a guy, I got an asterisk next to his name. See where we're going. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to recap my team here real quick. I took uh, Matt Corral, Drake London, Trelon Burks, Sam Howell, Garrett Wilson, and then uh, uh, Jalen Weidemeyer. Um, and so you want to recap yours real quick? Do you have it written down or do you want me to read it? I don't have it written down. But I, I, okay, I can you had- Oh, go ahead. You had uh, Malik Willis, uh, Isaiah Spiller, David Bell, Brees Hall, and then you had a name that I didn't have written down, so I didn't know how to spell it. <laughs> uh, Jahan Dotson. Was it Desmond? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. And so, yeah, I, I, he was an interesting one as well. Uh, and then you obviously just had the last one. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this was interesting. And, you know, this was really surface level on both of our parts, right? There's so much more to evaluate. You know, we, we've only spent a little bit of time on these guys, and we could have really done more, of course, but it's early, right? We have a whole college season to evaluate, right? Um, I just thought this was a fun exercise to sort of really look at these guys. Because when I look at our draft, I see... 10 guys that I want. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I I think the your entire first round is going to be like I think there's definitely a cliff off of like pick 6 7, but yeah. I still think the entire first round is still good, right? Like most of them are going to be bulletproof if not all of them. Um and you're right. We have the rest of the college season to go through. Um, I personally had a couple of sleepers and kind of like guys I just want well, I'm keep tucked in the back of my mind here. But you know, we're looking at this stuff because it's what, week eight now, right? In yeah. And at this point you're either like, I'm i I'm freaking done, man. My 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 redraft team is dead and I just 
I'm looking at 2022 already, <laughs> or or yeah. you're just so stressed out because you're 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 competing for the playoffs. You're just like, I need to take my mind off this NFL thing for a second. Let me look at 2022, uh, right? So yeah. it's it's and you're right. It's just fun. It's it's just fun to kind of pontificate and look ahead a little bit because now we can kind of look at and we have it marked in in extra little bit and say like hey we were high on these guys where did they end up kind of thing oh right? yeah no i think this was a great exercise and and as I, I i think it succeeded in what i wanted it to do in the sense of give me an idea of where i feel the tear breaks are and uh you know this is gonna this whole process is gonna come more hammered out as we go on and uh we'll probably do another one of these come february you know before draft capital is accounted for Definitely. and uh I, I from what i've seen david bell is kind of following into the second round rather the first round and maybe even sometimes the third round of nfl mock drafts i know mel kuyper had him pretty low which is pretty concerning to me i know mel kuyper also and one thing that's important is like while mel kuyper may not be a great talent evaluator he's really good at for the most part predicting draft capital mm -hmm. and so when mel kuyper says david bell's a little bit low that's something to kind of keep in keep in mind and when he says that Jahan donson uh i think out of penn state right um, when he says he's getting taken kind of high, is something to pay attention to. Yeah. So I, I think this is a good place to cut it off. I know we don't usually do Dynasty. We're, we're trying to focus more on Dynasty you know, in the off season, but this felt like a good time, as you said. It's middle of the season. People should have a general idea of, am I competing, am I not, right? Yep. And when you get that idea, it's best to just take and I take a look at the the class coming up. So I'm I'm glad we did this. Um, I can uh, where can uh, where can we find you? So you can find me at on Twitter at Dr. Trashdad Dr. Trashdad, or you can find me at my website Trash Farm. Boots, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Boots Fantasy. Uh, that's Boots with the Z. And, uh, and also in the sort of uh, the FlexSpot Discord that we talked about last week with Chris. So uh, thanks thanks for being back, Iken. I'm really glad you're back. Um, and I will uh, catch you next week, man. Yeah, hopefully hopefully soon we'll have that tight end episode out, eh? <laughs> yeah, eventually. All right, until next time. <laughs> have a good one.